This is Infection, the Survival Podcast, recorded live on Tuesday, January 7th, 2020, episode 260. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. We bring you the latest news, reviews, updates, and more each and every week. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. Of course, you can check out our website, InfectionPodcast.com. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, Nick, you really need another medium to talk about things. If your Twitter and your Gab and your pod, many podcasts that you do weren't enough. So I said, okay, fine. A lot of people are saying that to me. They are. So I started a new blog. It's called DudeInIT.com. As you see, it's almost as active as Bite of Tech. I've posted one, I, no articles, Brian, posted in the past couple of weeks. I'm following after my my great mentor, Brian, with an yeah. I Aldridge. Yeah, and so if you keep up that rate, you'll be exactly where I'm at with my blog. <laughs> Somebody's like, oh, nice years, to be jackass. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> hurtful. <laughs> well, Hi, how are you? Hello. Happy New I'm Year. I'm doing well. If you want, yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, did you do anything exciting for New Year's? Uh, yeah, I drank and play raft. Didn't I play with you? You played raft with me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you and I did the same thing on new year's Eve. We played till. Yeah. Past well, I, I do. Actually, that's true for me. I, <laughs> it, I think I got off before new year's happened because you were like, it's oh. already new year's. I'm like, not for me. It's like, a yeah, 30 it minutes like 30. So. I was like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Huh. So I was like, I'm, yeah. And I did. I was me too. I was asleep by 1230. Old man. Aldridge so, living up to his yeah, back with the college shirt. I see. Oh yeah, got a college. I dress today. down. I w- I'm wearing a, a a regular t-shirt today, so I, you know, I'm trying to keep everything balanced. Yeah, I gotta cycle them through every once in a while. So absolutely. All right, if you want to find me at Boise Computer <laughs> on Twitter, of course, my blog biteoftech.com, and you're more than welcome to go check that out. Exciting daily news updated, I'm sure. Um, if you want to go check out our website, infectionpodcast.com, you notice on the right hand side there it says join our server on Discord. If you go there, you can submit news throughout the week we have a news channel in there also when we play our games on friday nights and through the weekend uh, that's a great place we've been having a lot of people very active in arc so if you're interested in playing some arc we have six servers up right now for that uh if you want to get a notification both in the live shows about to start and you happen to be at your computer if you join our steam group that'll that'll uh, pop up a little notification and you can jump in on we have it on mixer on twitch on youtube uh, and you can catch us live also, we have our audio forms in the lower right-hand side. So whatever platform you want to listen to us on, uh, you can click on one of those and either you can do it on probably your computer on a desktop app or on a mobile device. We have show notes for now, 260 episodes of the show. So if you go there, uh, you can listen to the audio-only version on the show notes page. There's a YouTube video there and then all of the links that we refer to while we're doing the live show. On the left-hand side, you'll see there's a support us tab if you want to support us uh quickly you can go to humble.infectionpodcast.com go to amazon.infectionpodcast.com or what most people do i mean we got people that are coming up on what two years plus of uh of supporting us on twitch prime so if you want to go and try that uh you can go on to our when we're doing a live show you know actually we don't have to be live you can go there at any time and give us your twitch prime subscription but if it's always nice when you do it during the live show and that way we can say hey thank you very much for your support
I can't hear you, by the way. I'm just letting you know. Fantastic. This is working great so far. <laughs> just making um, sure. Yeah, no, I did not know. Because um, I can hear myself in my headphones all the time. Um, Jesus. I want to thank a couple of... Uh, couple of individuals um i did a yeah. test stream where i was supposed to be working out these technical kinks uh i think i did it was it tuesday or wednesday uh last week and our good friend evilness fps uh gifted five tier one subscriptions during um during that test stream as well as nice. subscribing himself um and he had a question that we'll get to in a second i want to thank our friend oh it's judd for the resubscription, 16 months. And our friend UGX Vibe, Brian, 23 months. Yeah. And I think our friend Valp just subscribed, but for some reason it didn't pop up anywhere. Um, so thank you, Valp1, for the subscription as well. 13 months in a row for him. And uh, if we uh, missed, if your name is not on the list and we didn't get a notification, send us a, uh, a tweet, Discord us, and uh, we'll be sure to give you your proper uh, accreditations on the next program. So. Thanks to all nice. those individuals and everybody else that is constantly um, hitting us up with those subscriptions and resubscriptions here on Twitch. Now, with um, Dingo the... Boom Shakalaka. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh interesting. Boys Computer resubscribe. That's crazy. Um, yeah. No, no we'll, we'll get taken down because I'm sure you can't do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, with Evilness FPS's uh, resubscription, he had, he, he had a comment and kind of a question. He said, seriously address this view botting in escape of Tarkov at the minute uh, because there's drops. So what's going on in Tarkov is you are getting, um, you can get in-game drops by watching streams, which sounds like a good way to get people to play the game and also sounds like a good way to promote streamers. Would you yeah. agree? It sounds like a good idea on paper. Yes. Reality well, is viewbotting. <laughs> yeah, you get people sitting there. and Well, one thing, okay, so first of all, one thing I noticed was on one of these, you know, highly, you know, m much integrity uh, video game blogs, they, uh, they, were, <laughs> they were talking about, well, you know, uh, one of the Kotakus of the world. Uh, they, they went through and they were talking about how, oh, there's this big rise in numbers and players on Escape from Tarkov and you know, and then they were talking about how wonderful of a game it is because everybody was watching, you know, was interested in it. And I was just thinking, these guys obviously have no clue. They're just looking at what the highest viewed thing is, and then they're writing an article on it. They're not actually looking into the fact that people aren't actually playing the game. They're just sitting in these these uh, Twitch channels. Yeah, and um, Phantom two four one five says view botting is not AFKing while leaving a stream up. No, no, agreed. Um, but You've got streamers that have jumped uh, 20, 30, 40 times their viewer count. Um, and Tarkov itself has got 65,000 people watching it right now. Um, yeah. Those are not all legit numbers. And I don't think that was the intention of the developers. Um, yeah. But... All it really, all I saw was negative news about it. I mean, I guess I, did, I didn't see that article over at um, Kutaku about how great it is. How great it is, um, but I, I mean, I saw nothing but people like, "Oh, this is retarded. This doesn't make any sense. Why all? Why is all this stuff happening? Like, what the hell? Why is Tarkov 
like the number one game on Twitch right now. No. I saw nothing but negativity. Well, it's, I mean, it's going to be better. Whatever, yeah, it's better than whatever they had before because their numbers weren't great before. So now, if this the problem is, there's a lot of different gimmicks that get people going to do different projects at different times. So it'll be interesting to see if this is something that Twitch responds to. If they don't want this behavior in the future and they don't want other companies doing the same thing, then I think it's going to be something that they're going to try to prevent and you know do things to make it not happen. Now, Twitch has been very inconsistent. I mean, if you just look at what Twitch has done over time, enforcing certain rules, not enforcing certain rules, I really don't know what they would do now uh, because they just seem to do different things depending on who guess who's moderating at the moment. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this. It's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, if Twitch who cares? doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Really, really, but really who cares? I mean, if it, it changes, who's at the top, but if you don't like it, then don't go and watch one of those streams. Yeah. Well, n- true. Um, I just, so Tarkov has been one of these games. We talked about Tarkov a long time ago, like when it was in its mm-hmm. early, early infancy stages. And the notion at that point in time was that it was kind of a junk garbage game. I haven't really followed it a whole lot since. It's way too hardcore, I think, for most people. It requires yeah. a significant amount of time. The inventory system is just a nightmare. <laughs> well, nightmare to you, a lot of people really like how it works. So the way that it kind of works yeah. is you have a uh, like a bank inventory and yep. you essentially just withdraw from your bank and deposit into your 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 global inventory bank account um and 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 build up a bunch of loot that that's kind of how the inventory system works in Target. well and i wh- i mean when i watch people play it and i'm seeing them just like i see bags in bags it's like stacks of backpacks in backpacks and it's just like it just it makes my head spin i'm like what in the world are they doing but it's just weird. I mean, it's just not your. It's not how it's usually done. And I guess part of the thing with games like this is when you learn to kind of master whatever it is. I mean, a game. It does, there doesn't have to be one way that a game is. I mean, they've made it in their own little way. And a lot of what makes a game interesting for some people is just mastering the way that that game has quirks and the way it works. Yeah. So I, I think I get. It's fine with me that it's different, but it's just it's something that when I watch it, it just kind of. It just seems strange to me. It just doesn't seem like what you usually see in an inventory system or a lot of different things in it. Yeah, I um, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not really interested in trying it. Um, just because I don't think it's a bad game, but it's a it's a commitment game, and I think like a lot of other games that we've talked about, unless you're willing to put in the time and the effort, and, and this is accurate with a lot of things let's you know let's yeah but i just want to play a game sometimes and tarkov isn't that oh yeah Uh, at least i don't think it is from everything i've read and watched and seen doesn't appear to be that way maybe i'm wrong i mean we've been wrong before about games we were way wrong about rust we were i tried i tried guys play rust our community really pushed back on rust originally yeah because everybody it was just kind of like eh 
but I'm not people didn't like I'm, the it's it's a it's a harder core game. People don't like the PvP of it because we would go play on public PvP servers and get our asses and just kicked. nobody likes that. We would get trolled for hours. Yeah. Now, to be fair with Tarkov, like the standard edition is like fifty bucks or forty five bucks or something. It's expensive. This is yeah. not a you know fifteen dollar early access game. This is a um, this is an expensive alpha i guess is what it's called beta i don't know if it's an alpha or beta um yeah so well uh, it'll we'll see uh, what'll be interesting is the next two weeks does something change to prevent this from happening you know i mean that that's the thing is having is this a legitimate marketing strategy is this a legitimate way to get interest in your game or is twitch going to try to stop it they're not because we've been view bonded before just like yeah. randomly, like somebody will send like thirty viewers here. Now that's not the hundred, the tens of thousands, but when our stream normally has like twenty five people, and then all of a sudden it's got sixty, and none of them are active in chat, and they all have weird usernames. That's a view bot. That's somebody yeah. view botting a chat. Twitch doesn't care. They've never cared. View botting's been the, the, there's um, the even the big. They only guys, care when people admit to view botting. Well, even that. I mean, like there's. Um, even the when the like, even when Ninja and the big guys were all streaming on um, Twitch, those guys were absolutely getting view botted. Now you couldn't tell because they had so many other viewers. But if you go, you'd go into their chat in the in in the middle of the night, and there's all these weird usernames logged into the to the viewer list. Those yeah. aren't act. Those aren't real people. Those aren't act. Even uh, sometimes you look at our chat and it's like, who the, these names are always in the chat room, and they're not bots. They're not. The chat room bots, they're, they're, they're viewers. So Twitch doesn't care, I don't think. And why would they? I mean, they're going to, yeah. it's great for them. They get to charge advertisers for fake views. Well, that, and I, I remember one time I went in, into one of the streams and was looking at the names. And I, there was one that I think it was about like 1,500, I counted about 1,500 bots in it. <laughs> You know, and that was pretty standard. Like, and some of them would go up to fifteen thousand for these ones where you know they're they're carrying like thirty thousand people at one time. Mm-hmm. You can count up to half of the of them being bots, which is kind of weird. I mean, so it makes you wonder, like, what are the real numbers of all these streams? You know, I don't. I it almost be better if they just took away the view counts and just <clears throat> don't show how many people are watching. Does it matter? Like, people go stream. People are like lemmings. They stream to a. a a streamer or they go to a streamer they go to a channel just because a lot of other people are not because of the content yeah i mean that's this that's the same with almost anything um yep but i mean brian you spent a lot of time in the um you spent a lot of the time in the dot-com bubble boom yeah. right Th- mm-hmm. this is par for the i mean this has been going on since the late 90s i mean websites faking views charging companies hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars for advertising on absolute fake erroneous statistics it's the reason that podcasts don't make any money for the large majority of them unless you're a joe rogan or um you know with with some big network like espn or um or you know or or, uh barstool sports or one of these other networks because Everybody lies about their numbers and they make them up. And, well, they, and, plus, and they have fake views on their websites. Yeah. Plus, especially podcasting with all the podcatchers that are out there that automatically download. It's really hard to say, hey, here's my accurate numbers. At least on YouTube, 
you can get kind of an idea of generally how many people are clicking through and they can try to do some verification of whether or not those are computers clicking through and viewing something versus a real person's account. But in podcasting, since it downloads the, the audio file and then at any point in time, that person can go and listen to it, which I have them download. And then I you know, Oh, here's the ones that are downloaded on my phone and I'll listen to random ones. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, you know, just because my phone downloads, it doesn't mean, automatically doesn't mean that I didn't listen to it. But there's plenty of people that probably don't listen to all the podcasts that they have automatically downloading, downloading on a weekly basis. So it's really hard to calculate those numbers and actually get a good guesstimate. Yeah. And, and that's part of, you know, that's why I think Steam Spy, which we all assume we kind of take for gospel is, is an accurate number. Uh, that's why it's so frustrating when we talk about games like Tarkov, because I don't know how yeah. many viewers they have. And none of these companies are transparent. Yeah. I've not seen a single non-Steam game um, that publishes a constant player count. Yeah. It, it seems like that would be easy to, to, to do. Just like have a little control panel saying, here's the number of people playing. I mean, you could put some cool, interesting statistics on there. And it would be easy for them to do. You would think. Yeah. I mean, they have all those numbers. I mean, if they're hosting all these servers. They know how many people are playing. Yeah. Especially with any kind of a license management, uh, you know, piracy prevention thing. Usually they're having something that makes them check with the server, check somewhere that it's a legitimate license just so people don't download the game and play it. Yeah. So. Interesting, uh, interesting question from our friend uh, Evilness. We appreciate his uh, support of the program and uh, his contribution to the show. Uh, you know, something to yeah. question, something to talk about. Um so with that being said, Brian, um, we've got uh, we've got some news we'll get into. Not a whole lot. Very slow week as it was. Uh, we did the show a day early. Due Coming to, out of the holidays, yeah, that's too. Yeah, a lot of people take kind of a lot of people take two weeks off, uh, which is relatively common. Um, so slow news week. But Brian, I'll tell you what, I I turned a new leaf this week. Yes, I've played at least four new video games. In the past week. Nice. And that is not, wait, three new, I've played three new video games in the past week. I played, I played Call of Duty, a couple of other games I've played, but let me tell you. Yeah. Well, actually that doesn't count either. I played two new video games. No, no, I've played, I've played three. Okay. We got three. I played Raft. I played Doom. And I played the new Pokemans game. So I played three new video games in the past week. On top of that, I also played Daisy. I also played some Call of Duty. This has been a this has been a milestone week for me. Very good. Come on, I mean, been, you need to get you need to get vacations more often. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really even the vacation. It was just like That's I was like, oh, you come I back actually, from vacation and all of a sudden you're ready to play. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I really enjoy, like I really I, I really I'd like to play this game. Um, for, you know, for people that may not, I, I really don't play a whole lot of games. I talk about them. I read about them. I watch about them. I talk about you'll play you play sometimes five minutes of a game mm-hmm. absolutely you'll, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll yeah stop. very very much so um so I played uh, played a whole bunch of games this week now do you want to start off with let's start off with Daisy let's start off with our game of the week um right. Brian what was your thoughts on Daisy for game of the week I couldn't make it so ah I thought okay. about making it 
but yes. I did play Daisy a couple days before that. Well, I don't, so now, I don't care. but I'm, you had I'm, an opportunity to play. Yeah, well, I, you know what? That's fine, Brian. I'm I'm just gonna say for the record, I was there for the show. Brian was not. Um, so I played Daisy with my my good friend Musty, who saw yes. me sitting all alone in the Game of the Week Discord channel after 25 minutes and was like. Hey man, I, I wasn't gonna come play, but I was like kind of felt bad that you were in here by yourself. So he came in and we played some Daisy. And I don't know if you saw my tweet. Now, because yeah, I, I am not who we criticize. Thank you, um, Saul. Let's see, what is what is Saul's message here? Um, thinking about games is just like playing them. That I would agree to that. Um Thank you. because because I am not um like the people we criticize, I did not tweet out my DayZ opinion on our Infection Podcast Twitter account. Yeah. I did retweet it, but I didn't tweet it out from that account because it's, it's my personal opinion. So this was, my, this was my reaction. Wow, DayZ still sucks, just like it did back in 2013. Real sad to see a game that really hasn't evolved at all in seven years. Now, some may say, because there's a lot of people playing this game. There's like 20... There was like 22,000 people concurrently yeah. playing last night or a Friday night when I checked. So it's not like there's four, eight, four people playing this game. I mean, you got a large player base. So I took, uh, I, I recorded about 40 ish minutes of my gameplay. Um, and I want to look at a little bit of it. I started yeah. off recording at this point, Brian, um, to show you what hap- what the inventory system is like. So, the inventory is very sporadic. Uh, what I think I'm going to do here is yeah, I'm going to drop something on the ground, a bike lock, and I'm going to get a prompt pr- to press F to take. I'm, I'm pressing F. I'm doing the take animation, and it is not picking it up. This item was previously in my inventory. Now I will try dragging it into my inventory. It, does, it, it will not go. And the right. third time is the charm. It finally goes to my inventory. So after pressing F three or four times and then dragging the item bike chain lock into my inventory, it finally went hmm. unexcusable, unexcusable. This is an official Daisy server. This game has been out for seven. Is it lag? Do you think? Freaking- no, it's just or- shitty inventory management. Could now could you see from we talked about this a little bit. Did you see a way you pulled up the inventory to craft? You had the inventory no. up for a couple of seconds. Could you see any way that hinted at a crafting system in no. that interface? Because no. this, this is where I got died and bled out because I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a bandage. Same thing with me. I told you. And I criticized you for being And you laughed at me. You harassed me about not bandaging myself. And I said, I couldn't figure out how to do anything. I have rags in my inventory. I have all these things. How do I use any of it to do anything? And I couldn't figure it out. Like I bled out slowly over 15 minutes as well (laughs) and died because of a little bleed that I had no clue how to stop. So I did actually know how to stop bleeding, but it didn't work. Apparently you just put rags in your hand um, and, but it wouldn't let me do anything with them. So, um, I've got 40 minutes and 44 seconds left of gameplay, and this is essentially it. Me running around, I eventually starved, um, I eventually starved and bled out at a very similar time. Um, I did not find any food since, uh, uh, besides what I spawned with. Um, 
I will give Daisy credit for this though, Brian. Melee combat was great. I did not feel most survival zombie games have the worst melee combat. Seven Days to Die, I'm looking at you. The melee combat in Seven Days to Die sucks. Sucks. You have to like assume where the 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 thing is and you're it's it's just very janky i'll give daisy credit i was able to aggro a zombie and and kill it relatively quick and easy i you know i could use my weapons and i didn't have to do this weird like be three spaces away from them and swing and back up i could just hit them a couple times and they would die so i'll give daisy credit for that um that was now. I, now I didn't see anything in Daisy that I would say is better than um, what was it? Not Jaws of Extinction. What was the other one that we had discussed uh, recently that um, that is similar? Uh, there was there was another one that just released uh, not too long ago, and it has it's a zombie survival game. Oh, do you remember what it's called? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. not. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to remember a recent like how recent we played it. We played it like two weeks ago, about about two weeks ago. I did not play it two weeks ago. You did. And you said <laughs> that it was a lot better than you expected. Um, I, I have no idea. <laughs> that's fine. All right. Uh, but anyways, it was it was one where I would have to say that that was a better experience than Z was for me. Uh, and that that's. I don't know. Just Daisy just did not, it didn't seem polished. There was nothing that was like, oh, this is cool. The environment reminds me a lot of Arma. It's just, it, it doesn't seem like a game that's been in development for seven years. I mean, honestly. No. And I think that's the important part to note here. Not that, not that the game is unplayable because it's, it's not. Is it a great experience? No. Um, but is it... Um, are you thinking of Survive the Night? Survive the Nights, yes. That's um, it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it wasn't the worst experience in the world by, by, by far. I mean, I've played much worse games. It, it, didn't, it didn't attract me to play again. No, it like, didn't. I had no interest in going back. Like That happened. After that happened, I logged out and I was like, all right. That's I now know what Daisy is like. I mean, this is 40 minutes of gameplay of me just running around. I think I'm pulling up the current players right now because I, I did this during the during the uh, during my recording here, so I could see what was going on. Um, so it's not like this was this was Friday night about 8:30. So there's like there's 15,000 people playing the game. That's a very yeah. significant player base. Now, what I attributed that to was. Uh, custom servers, Brian. I feel like this game is very much like Minecraft in the regard that the base game is all right, but playing on a server with a modified rule set or modified plugins, uh, modified items and objects is really the way that Daisy strives because the yeah. base game is boring as shit. There's nothing to do. There's no building. I mean, I, there is building. I, what I'll show you here is me attempting to hit a rock with my pickaxe. There was no visual indicator as if I to if I was gaining anything, if my if the rock was going to break, 
um, if the pick was going to break, there was just there was just none of that. I'm just I I just click on this rock. Now I assume hitting a rock with the, look at this. All it does is this, but it doesn't do anything. It just spins, and you never yeah. get anything. So like at that point, it should have given me the rock. Yes. No. I assume it just spins. Oh, yeah. the The bar just progress bar just spins, and nothing happens. I I had nothing in my inventory. Nothing fell on the ground. This game is seven years old. Yeah. Seven years old. It's been on since 2013. It's just strange. And I'm looking at my inventory. Like, did I get anything? No, nothing. How is this possible? How is this an official server on a game that's been out since 2015, 2013? Yeah, that is weird. I'm just hitting a fucking rock. Nothing is happening. But it's giving me an animation and, a, and an icon that I'm supposed to be gaining something. This is what I summed it up to, Brian. It was a piss yeah. poor experience. That's all. I played for I played for about an hour. I was like, this is an absolute waste of my time, and I went and played Halo. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's the thing for me too. I played for a certain amount of time, and I was just like, man, this just doesn't feel good. There, there, I felt like I felt like I accomplished nothing. Yep, and I couldn't. I didn't see a goal of anything to do. No, absolutely. I, I didn't I see had, any other players. I had three or four guns, no ammo, no magazines. At this point, uh, I'm running low on food and health because I'm not finding any food. I'm following a guide online on how to craft bandages. I'm I'm shredding cloth with which, by the way, you have to hold a sharp object in your hand crouch down by the cloth and press right click super intuitive um could not figure out a way to bandage myself the 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 way that you're supposed to do it in the game uh did not work and that was it i played for about an hour and that was my experience amazing how fast those zombies are i just so so here here i am you're supposed to put the rag in your hand and then you're supposed to be able to bandage could not bandage <laughs> yeah uh, that's that was my experience I mean, it sounds like you had a duplicate experience to what i had and i tried brian i really did because i play i mean i played for over an hour which i think by the hour mark by the 20 minute mark i was bored out of my mind i i had to give it at least an hour i had to give it due yeah. diligence I didn't play this game since 2016. It's been, it's been, it was over three years. No wonder. Yeah. I mean, I just think for me, I just, after a half an hour, I was like, I just, well, after I died, I was just like, I don't feel like running around again. For nothing. Because I mean, you, yeah. you were spot on. Now, what I will say, and I think it's probably the accurate thing, and our friend Musty tried getting me to play one, but I was so, had such a sour taste in my mouth at that point. We realistically need to try playing on a, on a, on an epoch server or something, a, a, some sort of modded server yeah. that's got a, a base building system and and some other things. That's not the the base game. With you know, there's uh, servers that have got um, 10x loot drops or, you know, t- t- or just things that make the game probably more conducive to I think, actually playing instead of just yeah. I think I think that something accelerated would make a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, even even in Ark, like for us, the original time we played Ark on an official server, that was fun. 
but I think that going back to it, we wouldn't put in the time doing that slow, slow pace again. I think accelerated for a lot of people when you know you're only going to be playing for maybe a month or two is much more fun. You actually get to get somewhere and experience something. And if we here, if we had the opportunity to build a base or to do something that made it feel worthwhile, then, or even just going out and figuring out the map and stuff. But right now I didn't feel like I was learning when I was running around. I wasn't learning where anything was, you know, I was just wandering around and it just felt empty. Yeah. I mean, it's a big map. It's a big world. Um, actually, I didn't. I didn't bleed out. Now, now I remember. I got killed. I found these two random guys. Oh yeah. So oh, hold on. let me see if I can do this. So I found a chicken that was dead, and I thought, oh, right, I can cut the chicken, right, or do something with the chicken. No, it just popped hen. Couldn't do anything with it. Couldn't pick it up. Couldn't uh, um, cut it up with something. It just hen. Hit, tried hitting it with my hatchet. Yeah. Nothing. It's about as useful as the rabbit in H1Z1. Yeah, but at least you could kill the rabbit and it was cool. Uh, unless it was in the water. Remember we had a rabbit that had like yeah, with 20 nine, arrows in its head? Yeah, that's on the tip of the week intro, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at this point, I'm walking so slowly because I'm so hurt. Um, I tried talking to a guy and telling him like, help, I need help, I'm dying, and he shot me. Or he hit me nice. with something. I don't really remember exactly what happened, um, but we'll see it here towards the end of the video. It was just a, it was just a bad experience, Brian. And it's exactly why yeah. I haven't played the game in almost four years. But okay, so out of this, like, what in the world do you think makes it to where people continue playing this? Modded like, servers. You said you said you said modded servers, but still, be. like, there's got to be better games, like that you could go play that have a better experience on them, even modded. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I just, this seems like it's about as rough as it gets. Like, why would you bother? Yeah. Yep. That was, and that was me. (laughs) Go play scum, something else. Like, scum is a better experience than this. Speaking of scum being a better experience than this, are you going to no show me again this Friday night? No, I'll be here. You sure? Mm -hmm. Okay. What are we playing Friday night, Brian? We are playing scum. Because right. it's 0.3.1 oh, yeah. uh, is the version. So they put out a lot of updates since we played it last. And as I said, Scum is a better experience than DayZ. I've now played both. I can tell you that at least with Scum, you can figure out the inventory. You can figure out how to do things. You actually have something to do. I mean, in the early states of Scum, it felt better than DayZ is now. And I'm excited to kind of see where it's at at this point because they've added a lot of things. Yeah, I um, I can only, I can only hope that there is a. It can't possibly be worse, can it? Than Daisy, or yeah. than original. No, than than Daisy. I mean, Scum can't possibly no, be it, worse. No, the thing is, Scum was better than Daisy is now. But what a year and a half ago when we played it? A year ago? The experience for me was better. That doesn't surprise me. So I I can't I don't think they've made it worse. (laughs) They've added vehicles, they've added base building, they've added all this stuff. 
that I didn't see at all in Day Z. Didn't even get close to it. All I did was run around and pick up a couple weapons. Yeah. And and bleed out. So, uh, and I've Such done a lot a more in, in Scum. And I think that if we can get a group going, I think people will enjoy it. So, uh, we're going to be playing Scum Friday night on our uh, Discord servers where we'll team up. We'll find a uh, either a public, I think there's only public servers, right? I don't think there's a hosted server. I think so. Yeah. I haven't so heard we'll of private servers yet. We'll, we'll find a server with a, a medium ish size population. We'll hop in there and hopefully accomplish something. That's all I want from a game. Really? I mean, even if it's a bad experience, Brian, I'd like to at least accomplish something. Yeah. And that's, that's the rough thing is when you get in there and you just feel like nothing happened. And that that's been our biggest complaint. I mean, for instance, miscreated, that's always been our biggest complaint of miscreated. We love we love the concept of the game, but every time we end our play sessions of it, we just feel like we got nothing done. Yeah. Every time. And so I think with Scum, if we can get a big enough group in there, we could at least get a base built and have some fun. So that will be this Friday night in our Discord. You can find the links, all the other information on our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. All right. Mr. Brian, let's talk about a game that you and I played together. Yes. Uh, a, a little game called Raft. Now, we've talked about Raft in the past, um, yep. not extensively, but I'll tell you what. This little game that was like 11 or $15 when I bought it blew my socks off. Yeah. We, uh, go ahead, uh, go, go ahead. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you start us off here? All right, so you guys had kind of started a little bit, and I joined in, uh, but you had built a raft, and when I joined in, you were docked up to some sort of an island, um, but and you were in the process of building a radio. Uh, now, when I logged in, uh, they had these catchers that were catching loot, because what you do is you float around, and there's trash and things in the ocean. And that's how you gather a lot of your wood and plastics and various building supplies. Uh, there's a shark, or, or probably a lot of sharks, but there was a shark that would only one, attack yeah. your boat. Yeah. And as you went to islands, I think there was always a shark at, at different islands. But uh, it would attack your boat. Um, it's definitely a survival game. Uh, we had we, So you had built a radio, right? So that you could uh, pretty much find other islands find bigger islands correct mm -hmm. i mean that's yes, that, that was the yeah. big goal uh and also we had reached the point where we were able to build a, an engine or some two, two motors that we used to propel the boat even faster than the wind sails um, but it, it has that kind of a gratification that i talk about when you're playing it of either you're making your boat better you're getting that one extra ability or you're now able to go to a place and these islands are like, I guess, bosses or dungeons. Dungeons uh, would for, be a great yeah. thing. For, for the one that you're, we're in right now that he's showing, uh, this is a big kind of like cruise ship or whatever that, uh, that crashed. And you have to find these various items on it to be able to open up various doors, uh, get to you know certain levels like different there was closed doors so you couldn't get to a certain level of the ship and as you went through it you started to find these items that kind of unlocked the various areas and then in the end 
uh, you get to a room that has an item or you know, recipes, things that you would want to get. And so you, it kind of spoon feeds you the progression like you would really want. I mean, that's the problem is with a lot of games is either everything's there all at once and then you feel bored or it's too slow. I think this one did a really good job of pacing the progression so that you always felt like there was another thing or that you were just, you know, you were getting something. Kind of like what Ark. Ark has done a very good job of this as well to kind of give you that enough of a carrot to make you want to keep playing. Well, and, and I, that's that, what I felt that with this. And, and, uh, and I agree completely for people that know me. Um, I don't, um, I don't play. I don't like, <laughs> I don't play games for a long period of time. Brian, I played raft from two thirty PM, two thirty PM on mm-hmm. new year's Eve till about one thirty in the morning. I did stop and eat dinner. I don't believe, even believe I logged off for that. I re, I logged off once to reset my to reset my uh, game because there was yeah. a, bu- a bug. That was it. Play for yeah, and I had no hours. issues with mine. I mean, that's the thing yeah. is I didn't have any. Uh, what now? One thing that happened. Uh, so after we, for instance, saw that ship, um, there's kind of like these radio broadcasting bases that are out in the ocean um they can get various things from but then we found a huge island like i mean talking about like a gigantic island uh and it had various quests on that island to uh unlock these like radio towers if i remember correctly yep but and there was there bears and all kinds of animals and things on these islands it was a challenge to uh to work your way through that island i think they did a really good job of making it to where even just that island it was not just a place that you ran around like you had to kind of progress through the island as well so that they did that in a very unique way that i thought was done well um but they, they did a good job i i was very surprised you know I, I saw that and we had talked about it a little bit before you know people were saying that this was a good game um but i was surprised that it had and the the way that they did the progression, I think that the, they, they did a really good job of it. And it's one that I'd be... Now, one thing that I will say is the servers worked on where it's pretty much one person hosts it, mm-hmm. which you know is kind of good and bad. We just have to wait for that person before we continue, I would assume. Um, I haven't looked at like dedicated servers or anything like that. but I don't think there are. Yeah, so so that that's one thing to keep in mind is is you have, it's a group thing, kind of like what the forest was and some mm-hmm. other games that we've played, Wildlands, Islands, uh, where one person's kind of the host and then there's a save game for that. So that is how this works. The game was um, very pretty. Um, yeah. Very, very pretty game. Uh, the color, I mean, you can see underground right now. This part, this, this part of the ocean is hardly even seen. And they've got these very nice, uh, pretty pastel colors. The game ran very well. Um, it was relative. I mean, it was a, a little buggy, but for what it was, relatively bug free. Um, I had a great time. I have not yeah. had a good gaming experience like this in a very in a very significant amount of time. Yeah, this was a good quality gaming session. I don't know if it's on sale anymore, but yeah, we got it for a really good price during the sale. Uh, and if it is, let's see raft currently it's 1999 yeah so 
Uh, you can, if you, I mean, I think you would enjoy, most people would enjoy a game in 1999, but if you want, put it on your wish list for when it goes on sale. And then if you want to grab it, then pick it up because it it was a lot of fun. It's definitely worth, if you have a small group of people who like to play games like this, grabbing it and just doing a couple of play sessions with it. Yes, absolutely. So that is a uh, raft. Hopefully um, we were able to shed some, some insight on it. And I would say it is a high recommendation. Now, I said last week, I had a less than uh, stellar experience playing alone. And I was told by mm-hmm. our friend Saul, you got to play with other people. Totally checks yeah. out. If you're not going to, if you're not going to play this game with other people, I don't think I'd recommend it. Okay. If you're going to play yeah. with a and small group, thing. two to four, two to six people. We had a, at one point, we had like six people playing. It was great. Um, yep. So with that, with that being the case, um, I had a I had a, I had a great time. Cool. I, I'd highly highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. If you're uh, if you're interested in survival games, and obviously you are, if you're listening or watching this, well, uh, you say that? well you would hope <laughs> it's this is not a BR uh, podcast, no matter what people <laughs> say. Uh, but this this is the core at the core of survival game. I mean. Most games have really muddled what survival is, and this has all of the uh, the features of what a true survival game is. So it check checks, it out. It checks a lot of the the boxes for survival, yep. uh, and it's not it's not it's not impossibly hard. The barrier to entry, I think, was relatively easy. Um, we did not have to play for eleven hours um, yep. to to get. You know, to have fun we just were all we were so involved in it that we were like oh we don't want to stop even though everybody was exhausted uh, we were just, we were just having such a good time playing it so uh raft not a sponsor um but yep. i would a- i can accurately but say if they're interested in sponsoring us please contact I, nick at infectionpodcast.com yeah yeah nick at infectionpodcast.com if you'd like to sponsor <laughs> um i'll get back to you just because i got back to um uh, uh behavior digital about those dead by daylight keys um yeah. So highly recommend it. Definitely play with a small group. Uh, really great survival game. Doesn't look like it. Kind of like Astroneer, Brian. I feel I haven't yeah. played Astroneer, um, but I feel like this and Astroneer are probably very similar in their. Well, I know they're similar in their looks because they look very similar, but they're very similar in their survivalness. But it almost gets masked by the cartooniness of them i guess yeah. this game wasn't cartoony but just same thing with colors. subnautica i think ashnir yeah. subnautica and this are very similar so if you like subnautica if you like ashnir uh this would be right kind of in that realm agreed so check it out all right uh do we want to do we missed the game giveaway last week we did i was just about to ask you about that all right, so let's go ahead and we will do a game giveaway now. Uh, if you do exclamation point giveaway in chat, I'm going to give away a copy of Clatter. Now, this is a game that's made by Face Punch. You know, oh. seen another game, number of games by Face Punch. This is a strategy indie turn-based combat uh, game. It's got very positive ratings. Came out about a year ago. So, if you would like to try that out, this is Clatter, and we'll do that. Before the end of the show, so just exclamation point giveaway, and you'll be entered in for that. All right. Um, 
with all that out of the way, we don't really have a whole lot of news. Um, so what, uh, what do you want to start off with? Well, let's talk about, uh, I saw an article that I think maybe PH had posted in news. Uh, but it's, it's talking about pretty much the money that people, that game made in, uh, 2019. Now, they said it was a $120.1 billion industry, of that. Yeah. Yes, for the industry. Uh, Fortnite got $1.8 billion of that. Just to give you an idea of where the money is. Uh, mobile uh, was the highest of this, uh, 2019. It was $64.4 billion. Uh, they're guessing that it's going to go to $67.1 billion this year. Uh, free-to-play games are going down slowly, not not crazily, but uh, if you look, 2019, $21.1 billion. They think it's going to go to 20.6. Uh, it went down 0. 0.5 in the, the past year from 2018 to 2019. Now, free-to-play console, on the other hand, is dropping pretty drastically. So PC, free-to-play, slightly going down, but on console... Uh, it went from 2.1 billion in 2018 to 1.6 billion in 2019, and they're guessing it's going to be at a billion uh, this year. So that is uh, now why? What's what? Wh- why do you think PC gamers are willing to spend twenty billion dollars on free to play? Free to play, but on, but on the console where it's way cheaper to get into the system right like an xbox yeah. and playstation's like 300 dollars, and there's way less games available why is it like barely 2 billion not that 2 billion is not a large number but compared i to the think that there's billion? more restrictions i think there's more restrictions first of all on console because they have to go through uh either xbox or or playstation to tra- to handle these transactions and to do things they have to go through the marketplace in a way um I think on PC, they can pretty much just charge you. You know, there's different ways that they can get money out of people. It's not limited to just going through Steam or, or one, whatever. They can pretty much put you to a portal that lets you purchase things. So I think that that's part of it. Now, and also, I think that it's a different type of player. Well, there's a much bigger part of this, Brian. Looking at this mm-hmm. chart, and the picture's a little blurry, so um, apologize for, for that. The red bar which attributes more than half on every single one of these charts besides console is the Asian market. And we know Asians for some reason, they're not spending money on consoles. No, because that's not the preferred way to play video games. Most of the, I mean, most um, things in Asia, uh, living quarters are much smaller, uh, much smaller is an understatement compared to the United States. That's why you see things like the Nintendo switch, so popular um over in parts of asia because it's it fits both bills as a mobile console and a um uh, yeah. like a, something you can dock at home and play um mobile is everybody's got a smartphone but the console market is like a couple million yep that's how a couple million dollars compared to uh on the pc side or excuse me on the mobile side they spent upwards of 40 the people in asia spent upwards of 40 billion dollars in yep, microtransactions. Just on mobile. And on the console, it's so, like 100 million. And and I think that part of that is, as you said, 
the, a lot of the internet cafes and there's just they're not doing they're not playing games in the same way that we do here in the united states uh and i think that the console hasn't done as well of kind of tackling that also what do you i'm gonna get a little bit out here on this what do you think about we've talked about cheaters it's much more difficult to cheat on console the barrier to entry to cheat isn't just downloading something and running it do you think but you're not that, gonna you're not gonna cheat you're not gonna pay to cheat you're gonna cheat to cheat right you're not gonna spend i'm saying money. you're cheating but but that would lean towards you probably doing your gaming on a pc what if you're gonna be trying though? hmm that doesn't explain the phones though i know i mean i i, well, I don't disagree with you but 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 I'm saying as far as because why else would you be more PC versus a console? Well, the more games are available. I mean, you look at games like our, I mean, PUBG. Yes, is on consoles. Fortnite is, but it's on not consoles. the same experience. It's not. It's a, it's it's a far it's a far less experience. Um, yeah. Not that it's bad experience, but if you've ever played it on the PC, it's like stepping back into the Stone Age. Um, yeah. So it's it's I just. I find it very interesting. Well, first of all, I think what everybody needs to look at this and realize the PC um, audience isn't quite so mighty as everybody says because more people are spending money on mobile phone gaming than they are yeah. PCs. Well, they've mastered and the microtransaction on, on mobile. They have. And the other thing that's not in this analogy as well is that on the console, there are way less free-to-play games. I mean, yeah. there's like maybe dozens of free-to-play games. And on the PC, there's hundreds of games that are free-to-play. They A lot of them suck, but they're free. Um, well, one and one thing you got to think of the difference in a mobile game is a mobile game will get it to where they can get you through just repetitive things to log into your phone Twenty, many people, twenty to fifty times at least a day, and to do some menial task, uh, and they'll make it so like annoying of a task that then they'll be like, "Oh, but if you pay some money, then you have the ability to get this faster." Because they want to make it you feel like you're doing something that's a waste of time, but you are temp, but you want to do it. But if you would just pay this little extra money you'll be doing it 10 times faster or you'll get this much better of stuff. And I think that they, that's something they can do on a mobile because they can get you to do that logging in constantly and getting it to where you're doing that repetitive task that they can speed up versus you don't do that on PC and you don't generally do that on a console. You're not logging in throughout the day. You're not doing repetitive tasks. There's no way for them to really make it easy to do a repetitive task that then you feel like you need to speed up. Bingo, so I think boom, that shaka, that's shaka. one big thing with con with mobile gaming that I don't think they'll ever be able to touch in the same way on a console or a PC. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I want to thank our friend Govna for hitting us up with the uh, resubscription here on Twitch. Played some uh, Call of Duty with him over the week. Uh, Governor's been with us a long time. He was uh, back in the old, the old uh, Walker Empire. Uh, oh, uh, yes. H1Z one day. So welcome uh to governor thank you for the subscription we appreciate it i um so okay that's not the only part of this article uh what th that was just one of the one of the the pieces on there it is fascinating by the way to note that um fortnite is make you know is almost two billion dollars out of the 120 billion worldwide that's all that's that's astonishing yep 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind it. As I, I've taught, said before, it's doing nothing but improving gaming. The fact that you're giving money to someone other than like Supercell, who's not turning around and making that actually benefit you in any way. Uh, when you go and money goes to Fortnite, you know, it's also going to gaming in general because it's going to improve the game engine. And I think that's good overall. It's better than if you had a list of companies that, you know, could this money could be going to, I'd prefer it go to Epic. Yeah. Now there is another chart in here called premium game markets, um, which are uh, the cost game games that you pay for. And the cost on the PC, nowhere near the cost that it is on the console. It almost double on console. And that is exactly what we've been talking about. There's, there is a lot more on PC a lot of it tends to be cheaper. A lot of it tends to be um, less finished, less polished. On the console side, you tend to have more AAA, $40, $60 titles that tend to be yep. full-fledged featured games. So this but look is at the big difference, too, with the premium market, how fewer Asians are playing on PC. Yeah. It seems like they really lean towards the free-to-play games. Well, and if you look, there's a whole there's a whole series of games, Brian, that exist in Asia that we've never even heard of. Yeah, that are free to play, and they have skins. Call and all of these Duty crazy things. has existed in. There's an Asian version of Call of Duty that has existed for years, and it's literally just called Call of Duty. It's only available in Asia. It's published by Tencent, and it's a free to play game. We've yeah. never seen it in the United States. I mean, there's videos of it on YouTube, but you can't play it. Yeah, I mean, at least not with a lot of work. And I don't know why you would. I don't know why v- you would even want. You'd be one of the first people to VPN into China. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even. I don't even know why you'd want to play it. So, um, yeah. But yeah, so that that is interesting. Just because we lose sight being PC gamers, or you know, not really mobile gamers we always lose sight one it's like tunnel vision you you either view you know your your own little area you're like oh this is this is the way that everybody's playing but obviously not like look at all that money that's going other places there's a lot of people playing mobile games a lot more than anything else yeah well not a lot more playing they're spending a lot more because there's a lot of people doing it but they're also dumping money out and but to be fair as we've said with all the other ones how many games have you ever paid for on a phone? None. All the games yeah. are free. So it's skewed. The num- these numbers it's super but they're dumping more money job. in the end. They're putting more money in there in the end. They are. But because they're not paying for them, right? After you spend $60 on a game, do you really want to give them $5 here and $5 there? No. No. But you'll spend $200 giving them $5 here and there on a for a free yep. game. So it's, I mean, it's, it's all psyche and uh, a lot of it is just human. One thing that I have tested is, so I have that um, on my Android phone, I have the play pass, which is the Android play. Like you get a bunch of games and then it takes off the, uh, the microtransactions. It pretty much gives you all the microtransactions for free. But it makes I've been I've I've went into a few games that would normally be a highly microtransaction type of game because I wanted to see how it changed the game going in and having unlimited access to these microtransactions. 
And mo- a lot of these games you can beat in a single afternoon. Just because you click and it's like you can give yourself unlimited money. You can give yourself unlimited all these things. And it makes the game no fun. Like the only thing that makes a game fun is the actual challenge of it. And these microtransactions, if you do enough of them, it's not a challenge and it's no fun to play. What is the... What's that war game that you had us play once that was full of nothing but microtransactions? Day of Defeat. Was it Day of Defeat? Day of Defeat, yeah. That game was awesome. Where you can buy tanks. You can buy because, planes. Because I was not interested in spending a dollar. It was awful. Yeah. Awful. We had the Terrible. worst guns. Oh, we we didn't have atrocious. any vehicles. So you would buy vehicles. You'd buy planes. You'd buy tanks. You'd buy all these things. And so you'd have these people flying around like crazy. And you're running around with a gun with no sights on it. Mm-hmm. You know, And it was just a... It was 100%. It used to not be that way. But it, it just turned into a total pay-to-win game. And it yeah. just made it no fun anymore. Because we used to have fun with that game. Back when it was it was more even. Like people it wasn't but when we went in there last time, it was so uneven that it was, it was so obvious that they just kind of gave into the microtransactions. It is uh it's unfortunate. Well, it's, yeah. it's unfortunate for me. It's not unfortunate for people because people th- and there's plenty the other of other too. games now to play though. Well, and here's the other thing, too, that I think often gets misconstrued with us and a lot of other people. Just because I'm not interested in microtransactions doesn't mean that I don't think you should be able to spend. Brian, you work. You have a full-time job. I Just because I don't like microtransactions does not mean that you should not be able to spend as much money or as little money as you want doing whatever you want and play the game the way you'd like. That's the uh, part of the equation that I feel like everybody always overlooks. If I want to spend $100 a month on microtransactions, why not let me? Yeah. Who is it realistically? I, I have I have the choice not to play that game. And, and now, if and I, I bought a game for sixty dollars, that was one thing, and then they changed it over to microtransactions. I could understand being upset. You know, I if it if it like we've played we've bought games that have turned free to play, and totally changed what they were. You know that I can understand being upset with. But if you go into a game knowing that it's a microtransaction game. Yeah, you can't get mad at them that people are playing that game. the The game is microtransactions. Yeah, and I can, and I don't and I don't get mad at the developers either because as we've talked about in the past, Brian, what is the goal of developing a video game? It's supposed to be to make money. Bingo. So there you go. So all right, let's talk about a game making money. Uh, I saw uh, that H1Z1. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, a game uh, that's hold, uh, no, right no, up. no, hold on. Um, hide and hold out. Nope, not that one. Miscreate. Like They've made a little bit of money. Now, there's a, there's a game that's right up in the level with all those games that, uh, that I think you've kickstarted here recently. No. That's a, that's no, a, oh, he didn't oh, kickstart it. Oh, this is a different game. I thought you were talking about a different game. Okay, yes. No, no, no. This, ga- this game is called Outbreak. I have not kickstarted it because the Kickstarter is not live yet. Um, oh, okay, starts here in a month. So, Brian, let me tell you what this game, Outbreak, Outbreak, is a multiplayer storm chasing experience, and oh my god, this 
this sounds fantastic. Now, they're beginning a Kickstarter late February, um, which I'll absolutely be. Oh, man, look at this thing here. You can see the Dominator, which is a vehicle, a real-life vehicle that's developed to, to uh, chase tornadoes um, with a probe on the top of it and a uh, very large uh, what appears to be like stovepipe tornado out in the, in the field there. And uh, you're, you're going to like drive around, chase tornadoes, and get points for doing stuff. It's got multiplayer, upgrade your vehicles, cosmetics, cosmetic options, maps yeah. and radar. It's got a 625 square kilometer map, weather stations, uh, this vehicle, which is the dominant. This is the Dominator 2, I think, by the pictures of it. Um, a whole bunch of cool stuff. A great gas station picture right here is noted in our discord. Very high resolution and not uh, yeah. low poly. <laughs> um, not at all. Man, I can't wait for this. It's Wait, here, Outward. go back. It said, it said the Dominator 3 is officially what? Uh, oh, it's officially confirmed as a vehicle. So they will have the Dominator 3. So so the reason... Okay, so you may laugh and then go, oh, ho, ho, ho. So um, the... the dom- <laughs> I'm sure you've never seen a picture of the Dominator 3. The Dominator 3 is a literal vehicle. It's a... I believe it's built on a uh, Chevy... Um, what is the Chevy? I think it's a Chevy Yukon uh, chassis, yeah. and they literally stripped the entire uh, car down. They lined it with um, like bullet Rhino resistant whatever, um, and it's got hydraulics so that when a to- it, not that anybody gives a shit about this, um, <laughs> but when it, the whole idea with this thing is. As you get near a tornado, Brian, the reason something can pick, air can pick you up is because it gets under you. That's how things fly up in the air. So this thing, it's got hydraulics. It falls completely flat to the ground. So the idea is if air can't get under you, it really can't do a whole lot of anything. Um, and that works out pretty well. So the Dominator 3, which is owned by, the, the idea is owned by uh, Reed Timmer and his uh, folks over at tornadovideos.net, that's, that's going to be in there, which I'm very excited nice. about. He's even been tweeting about it, which is awesome. The guy that the Reed, who's is like a, a, a legend in the storm chasing. Brian, you know, Brian, I know you've been watching a lot of TV recently. You've had, you and your friends have been watching TV. Let me give you a recommendation on a show. It's a, it's a Discovery Channel show. It's a couple years old. It's called, uh, it's called Storm Chasers, I think. And the Discovery yeah. Channel went along with these guys. Will you, will you watch a couple episodes of it and let me know sure. what you think? Storm it's Chasers. fascinating. Yeah, I think it's called Storm Chasers. It's a Discovery Channel show. It's probably from like 2014, 2013, 2012, maybe. Um, All right, I'm putting great, it on my list. Great series. It features the Dominator. You can see nice. it hanging out. Uh, lots of cool stuff in there. So I, I'm very excited. We are going to be switching to the Weather Game Simulation podcast here in the middle of 2020. All Don't right. Break. It's, it's yeah. O-U-T-B-R-K-Game.com. Kickstarter doesn't start and for kick, yep. Kickstarter February 24th. Yeah. A month and a half or so. Very good. All right. We'll, we'll here. track the, uh, any, who knows? I mean, the graphics, all that stuff could get better. It It'd doesn't be matter. See how See, well, this is the thing but it's still, it, this it's, game a niche, is not, it's a niche game. It is not meant for the masses. Bingo. This is not meant for you. Bro. This game is not meant for you. You would not buy this. But game. This the game thing is, is if they, if they, if they made it well enough, like you could get people just like people get interested in truck driving simulator, which I find very fun. Yeah, right? so that that would seem like it's a very niche game. 
but they did it in such a way to where you sit down, you play it, and like, hey, this is actually really good. You that this game could be exactly the same way. People would enjoy doing it if they made it challenging enough to where you're going and accomplishing things. I think people would enjoy it. I agree. All right, so there's a polygon sure. warning system. I mean, that's super cool. Perfect. All right. Uh, now, I don't. Is this next one the one that you were thinking yes. I was going to be? Okay, let's <laughs> yes. talk about this one. So, a game that we uh, we talk about or mention very fairly recently and often is Star Citizen. You know, they're they're putting out teasers of various features that they've added, like walking around the walking. hangar. <laughs> You know, <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking, and uh, you, you could see ships uh, loading into game. Uh, that's a yes. cool feature that they they've showed recently. Now, one thing that's happened because there was a a lawsuit that they are actually being sued by the game engine, Crytek. The, Crytek. So they Crytek makes CryEngine, uh, and they are believe they will they believe that they have unsanctioned use of the cryengine development tools so this is back in 2017 that this started uh they switched so the the thing is uh, star citizen switched to amazon lumberyard and they view this as a breach of the contract that they did with cryengine so i bet uh, you why i bet you i know why they see okay. this as a breach because they never actually sold any copies of the game. And I can't make any, get any type of licensing. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, but how much I, my concern is how much of this is CryEngine's fault for selling the, the version of the engine that this was being developed on to a whole nother company who then took that version and improved upon it and then came out with a whole new version of their engine which was very, very different. Um, um, it was just as easy for them to start and move over to Lumberyard and continue from there because that was the version of the, the engine that they were working on. You know, and then it improved from there. So I don't, I, I think the way that, I think the only thing that really is iffy about this is the fact that CryEngine sold that whole version of the engine to another company. So can't someone who's developed on that version move with it? I don't know. Nevertheless, though, they've uh, um, CryEngine, Crytek has asked for this case to be d- dismissed. Well, the le- they're they they are holding off on prosecuting it until they actually put out a release. Until Squadron Forty Two um, is released, so it's got to have something to do with the license term. It's got to have something to do with the licensing and how much they're owed based on how much they make. That's what it's got to be. Well, if, the I thing think. is, it, I think, and what they're hinting at in this article is that the release date is so far out that the court case will not end, or will it will be done before they actually make a penny. Well, they actually get to where they're selling the game itself. Because right now, they're selling ships. They're not selling copies of the game, Right they're selling ships that will be in the game. So all these millions of dollars that they've made are for ships, a virtual, I guess, what? Well, it's all virtual. I mean, all these games sell virtual stuff. Yeah, but 
but you're you're buying the possibility of of a thing in game the privilege the privilege to use a thing in game not Absolutely. the game itself which i'm wondering how that ties into the CryEngine crytek licensing exactly because it's not a copy of the game you know it's it's done very differently and so i i this will be interesting to see if this ever does get anywhere but I wonder how much Amazon is going to help with this as well. Like, do you think Amazon's willing to step behind this and help defend somebody who switched to them? Because if one company loses to this, this opens up any other companies that have moved that are using that were using CryEngine that then moved over to Amazon to lawsuit as well because precedence has been set at that point. Yeah, it would be in Amazon's interest to make sure Star Citizen does not lose this case. Um. Yes, and it's also in it's also in CryEngine's interest not to look like a bunch of douchebags in suing people, people that not are using to... their engine. Yeah. So but, I'm not or sa- or a licensed version of their engine. Yes, which um, is what Amazon has. So I'm not a fan of Star Citizen for a whole bunch of for for a whole bunch of reasons, um but I think this Obviously, Crytek is, they own the intellectual property to their engine. They own the licensing. They've got license terms. But to be dragging out a lawsuit from 2017 and now putting a hold on, because the court date was set for like October, and now they've asked that to be thrown out, and they're just going to wait, that, that's not a good look. Mm -mm. Now, one thing that, they're suggesting now how, all of this it's hard to say from court filings but they're saying hey you know there is a chance that that star citizen will have to pay money if they're still using the tools from CryEngine. so they're you know there's ver- various features and things if they're not fully switched over and using lumberyard's tools and everything related it to lumberyard and they're still using some of the features of crytech then that would be where they would have some issues. Yeah. But I can't imagine that knowing this lawsuit's happening, that they haven't figured that out. <clears throat> you know, haven't switched. But this it's is just uh, a bad It's a, Dude, it's a bad look. I mean, it's just a bad look to be suing a game as large as... And again, I'm not saying they're not entitled to, the, to their... If, if, if they did something that was out of the license term, they absolutely... But figure it out. Yeah. I mean, when it drags out for Star Citizen is never going to come out. <laughs> like, are they going to drag on forever? And and they they did they did say they said you know they're voluntary just dis, voluntarily dismissing it now, without prejudice, with the intention of refiling the suit against them following the release of Squadron Forty Two. When's that going to happen? That's that's what they're saying is that's what the kind of connotation with this article is. Yeah, they don't think that's anytime close because they're totally dismissing a case and saying, "All right, once you get to that point, then we will." So it's not in the next year. Yeah, because, because this, you could the, extend this case. Yeah, it was set for October for the trial, which is yeah. I mean, so, so do not expect anyway. Squadron Forty Two anytime in two thousand twenty. Yeah, or else this case would have been, would have moved forward. <sighs> Interesting. Yeah, so that is that is Star Citizen. Uh, maybe we'll see that pop back up. Uh, now, a very exciting piece of news. I know that oh, yes. you had posted this. 
Yes. So, um, CES is going on right now, which is the uh, mm-hmm. Consumer Electronics Show, and they showed what everybody thought. I, I, I think a lot of people, including myself, expected them to show off their new console, but um, but instead they showed off a logo for their new console. Um, they changed the four to five. Yeah, and that's it. Ta-da! Did you see the the um, Did you see the meme going around the internet of the yeah. PlayStation Five logo? Yeah, how they made it. Yeah, it's just some guy, like he, he's just in Photoshop. He's, or he's a in photo like, editor. Yeah, he's in like Paint, and he like it says four, and he clicks like Delete, and then just presses five, and he's like, "Oh, it's done." Yeah. Well, I guess. Why, why even bother? Well, you just have to put it out a different. I mean, why now? Why show it? Yes. Yeah, that is, I, they didn't show anything. It's the same logo. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird that they would tease it N- and not tease maybe. Now, okay, there was some controversy, though, with Xbox. AMD had shown what Xbox's console was going to look like. You know, that big block? You know, it was like a cube. Yes. Paul Cube. Familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay, that wasn't real. The one that AMD showed, that's not what it's going to look like. I didn't see one that AMD showed. I showed the one that saw, saw the one that Microsoft showed. Yeah, I get that. That, but that, according to a thing I saw, the what it showed that picture and it said that that's not what it's going to look like. Huh. So who knows? Yeah. So here's this video. I'm going to try to show this. It's on Twitter. So let's see if this works. So this is the the somebody making the PS5 logo. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Pretty funny. And very it's just it seems so stupid. Why I don't even know why they do that. I don't know. People are talking about it. It's on all I the gaming guess. blogs. Well, I'll tell you what. So this it's going to be out this year. The holiday season. When are they going to announce this thing? I don't know. Probably probably spring. I would bet you is no, when they'll start. It's got to be before that. I, I, I bet you they'll I think start it's showing be in the two, it's got to be in the next 2 or 3 months. I bet you they'll start showing like promotional like what it looks like and start pushing features of it in spring yeah maybe i mean they got so sony now does their um uh playstation experience events i think is what they call them randomly like nintendo does their nintendo directs they don't nobody besides microsoft follows e3 anymore um so they can just be like all right next week we're doing a a thing here's our new console which kind of sucks for the industry, I think, because we used to be, it used to be nice to be like, oh, E3, what's going to happen in E3? Everybody's going to release all their new stuff. Now everybody's doing their own stupid events, and it's very annoying. Yeah, because they're doing what they're doing, CES right now, you said? Yeah, but so. Sony's there because Sony is there, and Sony sells TVs and, and smart devices and everything else under the sun. And they did do, I mean, they did a video, and they were like, oh, here's the PlayStation 5, here's the logo. No. Okie doke. I wonder how much somebody yeah, paid to make that logo. E3 is, yeah, E3 is in a couple days, right? No, it's not. E3 was... It's two days. E3 Expo 2020, it says it's from June 9th to yeah, June 11th. June. That would be June. Sorry, June. Sorry, I'm looking at January. So so June 9th. Yeah. 
they're not releasing oh, that console. That's I bet you, but I bet you they'll really be pushing it by then. Well, so so will Microsoft because Microsoft announced theirs um, this year at E3. No, no. Microsoft announced the video game awards a couple weeks ago. I'm confused. Nevertheless, I don't think I, I Sony's got to release. Sony's got to announce this thing soon, and like actually show it. Well, and start showing some of the games they're going to be exclusive yeah, to it. That's what I care. That about. Gives you the reason because uh, you know we're gonna. They've got GTA, which we assume GTA Six because it's going to be on there. They have um, the Last of Us, the the next Last of Us, which will probably be a big deal on that one. Uh, you know they've got some exclusive titles that they should start teasing for Christmas and getting people excited. I mean they they've already done Red Dead Redemption two. I mean that's not going to be a big thing for this. Yeah, uh, holiday it's be season. GTA. If it'll be if if it's like the last set of consoles, it'll be out in mid to late November. Yeah, which is when the Xbox came out. I've got my console, Brian, my or my uh, my my. My day one, my day one 2013 controller. Nice. That's what it says. This is, I stood, I braved the harsh elements of upstate New York for this system. It looked like a hmm. VHS deck. Well, I'm ready for the PS5 personally, so. That's fine. I'm going to get an Xbox. It's, you're ready for the inferior console. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> all right. We'll see as I play these new games. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I th- uh, thought that was interesting. Well, uh, one thing yeah, I mean, that, well, talking about Xbox, there's something that happened a couple weeks ago. We just haven't talked about it, but uh, Digital Trends was pushing that they they're very upset about the Microsoft or Microsoft's Xbox Series X, and they're saying this is a bad console to be releasing at this time because of yeah. the climate crisis. Well, and and what was funny about it was that. They are upset that the system is drawing 300 watts. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I've got like 1,100 watt Silverstone Gold Plus power supply in my computer. Yep. So does everybody else. No PC gaming PC's got a 300 watt power supply. 650 minimum if you're running a GPU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So their their big push was that this is harming the environment, that they should be producing much lower powered consoles to be more climate friendly. So I, this was a real dig at Microsoft and there's gotta be a reason. Why would they attack Microsoft like this and not even go after Silverstone or Corsair or any of these other companies that are making power supplies that are three, four, five times as, as uh, powerful as this thing. 300 Watts is nothing. How much, I mean, Brian, well, you probably have what, an 850 watt power supply in your computer, if not more? Yeah, probably at least. Uh, one <laughs> like, thing, one thing, that was, one thing I thought was kind of funny is they said they listed off a number of games and they said, uh, you know, these consoles don't need to be so demanding. Look at games like League of Legends, Destiny 2, <laughs> and Overwatch. All these are sharp as attack at 4K and 60 frames per second, but they're just as fun at 1080p. Isn't that, isn't that, you talk about, oh, whoops, um, you, you talk about um, somebody put, shoving their, uh, it's not even their opinion, this like, this all righteous nonsense down, down your yeah, throat. Yeah, their morals. 
Yeah, like, how dare you? I mean, who the hell is Matthew Smith at Digital Trends to tell me at what resolution I can enjoy my video game? Go to hell! If I, if I want to watch 4K, if I want to stream Netflix at 4K on my TV, I have every right to do it. And it's not your job to say, well, you know what? That movie is just as enjoyable at 1080p. You know what? That is an enjoyable movie. But, you know, I like to look at it at 4K. So it's not your choice. And it's my choice. I'm paying the power bill. And uh, just a little side note, if you're really that concerned about the amount of power, um, how about you move to a place like Idaho where we do hydropower and you get out of a place like New York? Or... It's not even that. I, I don't but even, I'm saying I don't they're, even... they're in a place where they're, they're being incredibly inefficient. If you really care that much, go to a place where power is actually naturally generated. Don't buy a deck. Don't buy, don't buy a console. Why are they writing for a digital blog and why are they on the Internet? If they well, really that, uh, are that concerned. Well, and it, it, th- well, that was that's what I just found so weird about this article. It was just yeah. it was so, USA, it was so, USAF it, says, you know, maybe I want an IMAX in my house. If I want an IMAX, I should be able to have it. And it's not your job to tell me whether, so, what I should be happy with. I just there was this was a clear hit piece against Microsoft, and they clearly must have snubbed digital trends some point as of late. Maybe they didn't get invited yeah. to the presser or something because this was nothing more than a hit piece towards microsoft yep i have yeah, 1100 it's, it's watt stupid. power supply in my computer and they're bitching about a 300 watt power supply in the xbox makes absolutely yep. no sense yeah it's pretty it's, it's pretty stupid i just thought it was interesting because it goes against everything we, we always talk about like where we talk about how we can get the most performance and how we can get something running better and faster and these guys are like well why don't you just go with less i mean why just not play a Nintendo entertainment system or a SNES or an Atari 2600 or well, Atari... why don't we all just play games on phones? That's the most energy efficient. I don't know if it's the most energy efficient. It's well, you could run off solar. You can charge the thing by solar yeah, and then you're going to charge it while you're playing. Uh, no, no, you can't. You, you only can play G. an hour a day. Come on. Okay. I thought, it was an, I thought it was an interesting article. Yeah. It's interesting to see the mindset of some people. We're like, all right, you know, you really think, but this is where a lot of those crazy regulations come in, where people are judging what you need based on what they think they need. And no, they, they don't. I, I can get whatever I want. That's the beauty of capitalism, as you like to say. Yes, sir. Um, all right. We got a couple of other quick things here before we get out of here for this evening. What, uh, what, what do we got on? There really was not. We weren't joking. We said there was not a lot of actual game updates. There's not. There was like all right, four, so up, four one thing, updates. Atlas, no updates this week, but I will mention oh. uh, that they have responded that they're the issue. Remember, I was I was mentioned, I think it was last week or the week before about how with my tools, my Mark server manager tools, I had mm. a lot of people saying, hey, you can't connect to a Arc server or Atlas server running on Linux. Yeah. And Atlas's grape shot has confirmed that it is their problem and they're going to start looking into it. Hey, it is did not they my tell fault. You that? Was it an email uh, to you or was it public? It's not public. So it was an email. A pri- a, a, no, uh, it, it's communication. Yes, side communication. Oh, oh, did you use the infection podcast moniker to uh, put, push no, a little weight around? Sorry, no, I no. Use biteoftech.com. dot uh, com. I use I use my GitHub. Yes, gotcha. So I appreciate. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I tried using the infection sway with him, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't hold any up. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so hopefully, well, because I want to kind of jump in there and see, like, just play it a little bit, but I don't want to play it on public server. You just want to spin it up and try building a boat and seeing if anything has changed. Uh, but it doesn't work. So hopefully they'll get that working soon. You can play single player. Yes, I guess I could play single player. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. But I figure it would be more fun to just have everybody kind of run around together and do something. Um, Another thing, We Happy Few put out a documentary. Now, we don't need to watch this now because it is a 40-minute documentary, but it is the making of pretty much, it's called The Cost of Joy documentary. Hmm. And it is a full documentary on the making of we happy few. So if you're interested in what happened in the background with that, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I just came across it last night. You want to watch a minute of it? Yeah, you could play a minute of it. There's a lot of talking and things like that. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's listen into it for a second. I wanted to do art for games, but I wanted to work on more experimental stuff. So when I met Guillaume, it worked out perfectly because he was just starting his little indie studio and had this very creative project he was working on. Compulsion had been developing a game called Contrast for a few years. He basically founded the studio through that. In the very beginning, it was a lot of hard work. There was a main character. There was the main character's invisible friend. There were mechanics. Uh, There was no story. The main character didn't have a name. And so uh, I came on and we started batting around ideas. We eventually arrived at uh, a theme of fatherhood. I haven't thought about you in a million years. But I guess I gotta remind you who I am. I'm just a wife and a mother now. Yeah. I heard you had a kid. We've been working really hard. And we're really So yeah, that's this is cool, Brian. I haven't I haven't seen I haven't seen things like this before. Yeah. That's something that it really gives you an inside view of what's happening in the background. Because a lot of times there's a lot of I mean we know with we happy few there was a lot of kind of turmoil with sony and how this originally was launched and then it people were like oh you know, that intro isn't how the whole game is and like they totally <laughs> yeah. redid the whole thing i bet you there's a lot of story the back and forth and coming to that decision um I, you know even like the long dark i'd be interested in seeing a documentary on the long dark because that's another one where they've done so much stuff and there's been a ton of happening in the background that probably be very interesting for people to see that are really interested in gaming. You know, what does the studio do? I'm, you know, I, what was, what's your favorite game? Um, the uh, space game, the, uh, your favorite space game that didn't pan out that you're still angry. Uh, oh, uh, um, uh, not star yeah. citizen. No, no man's sky. Thanks. Val. No man's sky. Thanks. Val. No man's sky. Uh, <laughs> It, it, wouldn't it be interesting to kind of see what happened with that and like what they had to do to turn that around and fix it? I mean, I, I think it'd be very interesting for games but, like this. Make documentaries if if you have an interesting story like this. But see, part of the problem with making a documentary like that is unless you started earlier on and like recording you have to be recording yeah and making videos yep yes and they most people don't because they're so so raveled up in building the actual game game. and that's not a shot at we happy few i'm just saying they're so raveled up in building the game they don't like brian people probably say the same thing i was like oh do you record the thing that you didn't know 
We didn't record everything we did originally. We record all the no. podcasts, but it's just it's something you don't think about in, in the in, in the moment, I guess. Yeah. You're trying to like actually get a working build of your engine, you know, a game out of your engine, not hey, what do you think about Oh. Hey, hey Brian, what do you Hey Brian, hit. what do you what do you what do you what do you think about this uh game not compiling? What what are your what Yeah, are your get ready to hit enter to do our first build <laughs> of the official game, you know, and recording that. Like most yeah, most people do not do that. It's someone sitting in a you know, in a room. Oh man, this isn't building. Like, what do we got to do to figure this out? Hi, Nick Craig, Infection Podcast. Here, you have any? Uh, you have any uh, thing to say about the game? Your uh, your build, Brian? Yeah, I'm sure this is going to be really interesting. Ten years from now, when we uh, when we failed and then come back and failed again and come back and now we have a great story. Ring the bell. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, nobody's going to do that at the beginning. I guess somebody here. One thing I just cool. One thing I found interesting is okay, so this is not related to gaming, but it was a documentary I watched on Netflix, Which where was the cats one. No, no, it's about the, it's like the something about a staircase. It's this guy who was convicted of murdering his wife and it goes through the whole like court case over like 15 years or something. But the thing is, is there's a documentary crew following him from like early on, like 10 years ago, they followed him for 10 years, like doing all of these talking to him and just documenting his life through this whole thing. It's like that, that's a big gamble. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. This guy could be really, you know, this could be the most boring story in the world. Or, you know, if something happens with it, like you've got a crew that are with him for 10 years. Well, yeah, uh, you, you know, that's sometimes, a big risk. Sometimes you see things on Reddit like, oh, here's a, I took a picture every month for five years or something. So you have like a progression. That. Yeah. And it's just kind of be like, it's like, wow, damn, I wish I could do something more than one day in a row <laughs> with some level of consistency. Yeah. Huh. So, that, so that's, that's really cool. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Check it out. I think it'd be it'd be a good watch for some people. Uh, uh, I've got another something. thing. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Hold on one second before you move on. Um, I don't think I mentioned this. Uh, uh, uh before our Christmas show, or maybe it was dirt our Christmas show. I miss mentioned the Midwinter podcast. Um, yeah, that is for um, uh, remind me the name of the game. Um, oh uh, God. Okay, so you're you're talking about uh, the long dark, no, or which one? Midwinter makes uh, scavengers. Um, oh, scavengers! Yes. Yeah. So they actually have a podcast, and it's called the Midwinter Podcast. I listened to their last three episodes. Awesome. They're short. They're like fifteen. They're like fifteen minutes long, thirty minutes long, and they and they're just like. It's like, oh, we grabbed these two guys that work in the studio. Let's have them talk about what are you guys working on? So that it's interesting to see more of this stuff popping up. Because like you originally remember H1Z1 was they did these like big room streams with like 30 staff members and they pass around a microphone. And then I feel like we didn't see anything like that. And now we're starting to see stuff like this pop back up in the games that we talk yep. about, at least podcasts yeah. and, and and this i'm gonna watch this i'll watch this uh well how do you get your that's the thing is how do you get your product to stand out against other people's you know i mean there's so many games to choose from and if you're going to try to cultivate a community things like this matter uh trying to stay in touch and we you know we saw we had a h1z1 had an awesome community 
and they were willing to do anything like, you know, oh, they're going to do like round tables and talk about the game. Like everybody showed up and listened. Uh, you're going to, you know, put out a, a newsletter talking about, you know, all your progress for the week. You know, everybody was ready to subscribe to it. And then that company every time just dropped the ball and didn't do anything. They do it for one time and they would be done. Yeah. So I think with that, uh, you know, if you have these guys that are willing to put through, like this is a great way to cultivate and maintain a community for a game. Well, and especially like this, where the uh, We Happy Few is a is a story driven game, so mm-hmm. it's even more. I think it's even more important for that. Yeah, and this yeah, this for people that are really interested in that game, go check it out. Uh, one thing now, Rust had put out a post, and they did a kind of a look back at the year of 2019. Okay. So it's, it's it's just a blog entry, uh, but they go through and and talk about just some of the things that kind of like what stood out to them for 2019. Uh, okay. One thing I found interesting is he, he had a category here, and of course this is Gary Newman, uh, and he said, "Early this year, we stopped doing full time prototypes and moved most of those staff Bingo, into the rush team." Uh, thank you. Was that Barbie for Bobby. Uh, twenty months in a row? So yes. thank you, Barbie. She's got some comments that were looking very respectable, Brian. I'm sure that has something to do with your collared shirt. Yes, and you shaved. I've, I, what is this notion? I, I, I shave like I shave multiple times a week. I don't know, just say that's just a that different was her main comment. Some, some, sometimes I shave on a Monday, and and sometimes I don't shave until a Thursday. It just depends. My she, week. It she depends says on, you do not shave all the time. Correct. Sometimes you have a neck, you have a beard. Yeah, it depends on the, where I am in the cycle of the week. I, sh- I shave in the morning before I go to work. Okay. Anyways, that was her comment. So don't yell at the viewers. Okay. I'm going to yell at the viewers. <laughs> don't. I, I am very fragile. <laughs> you're, like, you're like a flower. Yes, don't I'm crumple flower. me. Yes, please. Um, okay, all right. So anyway, so th- uh, they switched from, because they were having people make prototypes. Remember, like, for instance, that Moss game that yeah. they pulled back from? Uh, and then they put everybody in the Rust team full time, and it wasn't very productive to keep do- going like this. Uh, they said the pattern that developed was that they had a bunch of talented developers that were working on stuff for two years, waiting for him to basically throw it away. They didn't feel like they were a part of the team, being on these satellite studios, and they were only communicating with each other. So then he says, when everyone joined the Rust team, everything clicked into place, and it felt right. Everyone's pulling in the same direction. Everyone's feeling useful. And everyone is doing, being done, everything being done is worthwhile. So that's their comment on the the whole prototyping thing that they were doing before. Okay. Now you spent some time working at the evil empire of Google. Mm -hmm. Yes. And companies like Google, Facebook, and Apple specifically, they pay you to spend part of your week essentially screwing around you're just like trying things tinkering with things testing mm-hmm. things trying to build concepts that's part of your was it like 25 percent of your work week or something it's a large amount Ten, and i think they do 10 percent. 10 okay but I, th- I think they have a 10 percent that you're free to do 10 percent of your work week you're allowed to do whatever you want yeah so that would be like uh, kind of I'm what they're describing now well no, no no these guys these teams that's all they did was prototypes yeah, but is that a this, is is that necessarily a bad thing? Well, but they but they, what he was saying is they they didn't feel like they were accomplishing. It was more of a down uh, 
downward feeling for the developers because usually their stuff never made it into production and they Gosh. felt like they were making it for no reason. Well, okay. And, okay, that makes sense. And, and so like they'd make something and then he'd be like, oh, we're not going to use that. Like the whole Moss thing. That never got anywhere. You know, I mean, they tossed all of that away. And so he was like, you know, we had these talented developers. Most of the stuff they made never saw the light of day. And he just said, all right, that's cool, but we're not using it. So they brought him into the Rust team and they're just working on Rust now. Uh, but he says what they're not, what they're doing next year, so this year, is they're not throwing away the stuff that they got made in that prototyping stage. They're they're going to use those and try to be create make creative things out of those. So for instance, Chippy was where you know people were playing those consoles or the uh, arcade machines like, inside yeah. of Rust. Mm-hmm. That was part of the prototyping stuff that they were working on. Those little games. I'm sure, the music stuff was too. Um. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure part of it. They probably were working on something else, and it's like, oh, how can we use all this technology? And yeah, how, can we inc- there. how can we put MIDI in, uh, <laughs> in a video game? And one thing they say is um, Chippy has sold over 9,249 copies to date. The average player plays about one hour and seven minutes of it of Chippy, and it's very positive on Steam. Uh, they've grossed $110,924 in just chippy sales talk about transparency uh, baby yeah was, well that's one thing face punch they're always very good about putting numbers like if you follow uh gary newman he is not afraid to say exactly what's happening nope. <laughs> he, he he will tell you he tells you he had a hemorrhoid once and he posted about it on twitter very detailed description of his dealing dealing with a hemorrhoid i mean that's just how gary newman is he doesn't hide anything he's not ashamed of anything I guess once you get famous enough, he's like, what, what, what does it matter what you think of me? He doesn't, he doesn't care. Um, so anyways, uh, they put, they put videos for a lot of the different, uh, things that they release through the year, the merchant, they have a picture from PAX and the merchandise. They talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was their experimental booth at PAX. Um, they have an, another post. Yeah. He has another post where he talks about, talks about the merch and, and how that works for some reason we're not in that picture. Um, and then they talked about rust console, uh, that's coming, you know, it says we announced the rust console exists and is coming sometime in the next year. Uh, so they're doing a console version of that. They talk about rust steam and some of the stats. Uh, he's very good at stats. He loves making pages dedicated to stats. You know, it, you were talking about companies don't do this. Rust is the company that put, says, all right, we sold 9 million, 15,476 copies of rust. Uh, one thing I remember one time he showed, we had this many returns of our game, you know, yeah. like chargebacks and, yeah. you know, all like he shows the exact numbers. Uh, you know, he says we sell it most popular in the U S then Russia, then China, then Argentina, then UK. Um, it's on the wish list for this many steam counts. How many concurrent players? 95, 93,595. Whoa. Uh, was Whoa. there. Get off my Sorry. beat. Get off my beat. That, Gary was, in, that was in July. Get off my that beat. Was there, all right, get off my beat, Gary Newman. I mean, Jesus, this is my, <laughs> this is, he's this trying is to steal your segment beat. too. <laughs> I know everybody. I, I have one thing on this show and that is t- current players. And then ev- you're stealing it. Gary Newman is stealing it. Yeah, that's true. Steam is offline. Well, I can't do it. I mean, it's just like, what the <laughs> hell? Uh, the uh, craziest one, part on this is the yeah. skin creators. That's what, yeah, so that's the, what I was going to say. Like, look at how much they're making. So, the skins that are available on the store are 
are curated from the community and skin mm-hmm. creators earned three and a half million dollars combined. Yeah. And that's a, there's a total of 8.8 million skins, but they've earned 3.5 million out of that. It's crazy. Uh, he talks about that instrument DLC. They are, they sold 42,651 copies of that at what? Tw- $15 a piece. Oh yeah. yeah they so made they th- made, th- they made $330,000, $3,937 off of it. Yeah. And it has, it's only been out a month. Yeah. Over a quarter of a million dollars. Yep. Um, yeah. So, and items have been sold 29 million, 200,000, 125 times in the marketplace. And it's totally the total uh, gross for Rust up to this point is $142,393,014. That's so, fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, he says next year, he says we want to, our bigger, stronger, and sexier team, they think that they're going to pull off Rust's biggest update ever. You know, now that they have, I mean, the whole team is working on just that rust for the most part. I mean, they've yeah. got Gary's mod is now 15 years old. Yeah, that um, game made 108 million. Yeah, so I mean, they talk about that game. You know, I'm sure they're still doing things for it. Oh, yeah. but I think rust is going to continue to be their their primary thing. I mean, obviously, it's their money maker. Uh, you know, and it's what most people are buying and playing. So, but that that's from Face Punch. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting just for them just to totally lay it out there and be like, hey, here's everything about what's happened. Here's where we're at. Uh, and I think that they've always done a really good job of that. So I always appreciate it. Agreed. All right. What else we got? I think that's... Um, there was one update for ARC, uh, okay. and this was pretty much came out today. Is it today the 7th? Yes, today. Uh, said they applied a one-time disabling of replication on all sleeping players on the official PVE servers. After logging back onto a server, the players will again replicate, become visible, because right now they're invisible, and will continue to remain so for subsequent sleeps. Following this update, if players have been offline for a continuous two-week period, their sleeping bodies will no longer replicate, so they'll start disappearing. Um, this will improve performance. Because you got to think, on a PVE server, people never die. Yep. So when <laughs> well, people go to by, sleep, they get killed by the dinosaurs. But if you log out in a base, you're I got killed body, by a, I got I got killed by a uh, Dodalodon or whatever that was glitched through my floor and ate me. Well, <laughs> I, I guess sleeping. that's a possibility. <laughs> we got to think. You know, when people are logging into PVE servers, you'll get thousands and thousands, and it's got to be a huge performance impact. Yeah. So they're they're trying to deal with that by making people just not show up anymore after two weeks. So that. Fine with me, if that's what it takes. Uh, ROE did their Season 7, so this is a pretty big update for them. Uh, it's their major update for January 1st. But they've uh, they've done their Adventure Season 7, which is Covert Tactics is the theme. They've got a lot of new skins. Uh, they've added some new abilities, like a Stealth Cloak. Uh, now, you haven't seen Harry Potter, so I would say, I would say you know, you know the you Invisibility yes, Cloak. I, I love Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so they have the invisibility cloak on Harry Potter. It's pretty much one of those. Like he throws it on and just instantly disappears, just like in Harry Potter. Yeah, um, so super cool. Yeah, they have the bio signal detector, <laughs> uh, which pretty much allows you to see things that are around. Um, and so you have some new landmarks on one of the island, on one of the maps. Uh, pretty big update. Some new vehicles, guns, a lot of stuff in there. So if you're playing ROE, um, you would have seen this. Uh, you can check it out. 
Um, another uh, game is PUBG. They ended one of those tests. Remember those limited time tests that they do? Yeah. Uh, the skill-based rating, they finished the test of that. Um, and so what they'll do is they're rolling this one out. They'll be then putting in another testing phase after they've gone through all the data that they've collected during this test phase and then put out a pretty much a test too with whatever revisions that they want to do on it. So uh, another one that they did is that uh, the motor glider, which allows you to fly in game. So they're doing that. It's available. uh, You know, actually that one went just ended like this past week. Mm -hmm. So that one, I'm sure they'll be doing the same thing um, to where they're going to look at the data and see, did people use it? Did it mess up the balance of the game? Uh, and then decide if that's something they want to actually put into the game. Um, same thing with they've been testing, uh, making changes to the audio. And they had their roadmap through 2019 of improving audio all the way through December. Uh, their December, they went through and focused on gun firing sounds, reverb and things like that. Uh, they found that there were problematic areas as far as the vis- the audio ranges, the distance and the volume. Um, there was a certain area that just didn't work out well. And so they're trying to figure out how to do that. Their goal through this is hopefully in twenty early 2020 that they're going to be able to make some major improvements to the audio so that the distance that you're hearing someone is actually matches what you would think in your head it should be. Because right That's now it's, it's kind of off. We always, we always talked about how audio is usually such a QOL, like end of game thing. But yeah. poor audio that makes it sound like people are further or closer to you is game breaking. I mean, yeah, well, I that's mean, a just huge like H1Z1 issue. back in the day, anytime someone walked through one of the berry bushes, you could hear it halfway across the map. Uh, you know, this right here, they're getting down to the level because people get so tuned in. People play these games so much. They get tuned into when then they're this, you know, I hear this level. They're this distance away. They're coming around. You know, this person's upstairs. Uh, I think now they want to make sure that it is truly, even for a newer person coming into the game, it's not just that someone's played so much they kind of memorized, oh, okay, this audio level. That actually represents the real world. So they're going to really be focusing on that. And that's pretty much what they're working on right now. No major updates, but they've been talking about some of the changes that they are going to do for the most part in the audio department. So if you're interested in audio and games and PUBG, uh, we'll have a link to that article. I think that pretty much covers it. Oh, awesome. there, wait, there was Dead oh. Matter, actually. Oh, okay. Dead Matter. Them. They put out their holiday development update and just kind of showed off some of the things that they're working on. For instance, uh, one of their developers is working on a s- dynamic s- weather kind of snow system to where you have snow buildup uh, on the map, you know, as... And one interesting thing, you know, where technically this becomes more difficult is if you look, you know, they show the snow kind of building up next to the buildings that you'll you'll notice underneath a overhang, like there's no snow on the ground there. Um, And then they show show some buildup of snow around the base of buildings. I don't know. Can you switch to that really quick? Are you able to see that? Yeah. It's right below the one you were just showing. Is this uh, is this one you're looking for? This one right here. Yep, that'll work. Uh, you can see how as snow kind of builds up, it 
gathers along the edge of a building. Yes, that's um, actually I, I can confirm living in a snowy climate for twenty years of my life that that is that is actually what happens. It is yeah. not a so flat they're, they're trying to make it. They're trying to make it look realistic. If you go Snow down, you can see this. Too. Yeah, and that's what they that's what they want. Uh, they're having it to where it actually deforms as well as you walk. You know, it's yeah, not the hundred uh, percent accurate right now. Yeah, the, the blocks, the snowball that's making a rectangle doesn't really. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they, that's <laughs> going to be something they're working on. Uh, and then they show some of the work that their artists are wow. working on. As There's far no as way it's going to look like this in game. No. Yeah, you you know how that works. Uh, there's the artist rendition. This looks there's... awesome, though. This looks real. It looks good. Yeah. Uh, like, I it, wish, but the thing I is, you, like you know how things always had this. Yeah. You, you know how that always ends up looking in a game, though, once they yeah. render it in. Uh, and yeah, just some of the uh, that they talked about in here. They kind of mentioned the number of programmers that they have. Uh, you know, and they've got six programmers, ten artists, three animators currently. Um, and you know, this was just a couple of the work of about three or four of those, uh, artists and, and programmers. So a lot of stuff going on. Be interesting to see how it is once it's released. Yes, sir. So I think that covers, I think that covers everything. Wow. We're, uh, we're done. Uh, we're done with news earlier than expected. Time. Just beca- yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, this is, well, we're still a little bit late. Remember, uh, we used to say, "Oh, it's seven o'clock. We're we're done." Yeah. Well, don't, seven don't o'clock you, my time. Don't you remember that time when I had the entire show to get the music ready for current players because I moved all I moved all my audio and no longer can play music off my iPad and didn't think about it until I was about to play the music for current players. Do you remember? Do you remember when that happened, Brian? Was that uh, in two thousand twenty? Yeah, no, it's happening. It's happening right now. Yeah, I, don't know what it's, I don't even know what it's, it's called. 2020, yeah. Um, that show. Can you, do, can you do tip of the week? I'll see if I can find this audio file. I, the craziest thing is I loaded this onto my tablet here like four years ago. I have no idea what the file is even called. It's just called, it's just called tip of the week music on there. So um, I have to find it. All right. All right. So, well, uh, do, you want, do you want me to do the game giveaway first? I mean, we could do the no. game giveaway. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, up to you. I can I do. You do tip. Yeah, I need you to do tip of the week. I got it. I got it. All right. So tip of the week is where I go through and either give a general gaming tip or one for a specific game. And since we're going to be playing some scum this weekend, I figured that would be my tip of the week. I hope this plays. All right, so in Scum, uh, we haven't played this for a long time, so I figured I'd give you some tips on getting started. Uh, one thing that you can do, uh, we were talking about in, uh, you know, in other games, you can struggle to really miscreate it, Daisy, just to even get started and get a basic weapon. Uh, one thing in Scum that you can do is if you find two stones on the ground, you can then go to your crafting menu, which, unlike Daisy, you can actually open and find. Uh, you can then craft a stone knife. Uh, with that knife, you are then able to cut the bushes that you find in the world. And that allows you to get long sticks. And then from those long sticks, you're able to craft what's called an improvised wooden spear. Uh, and this spear will really help you 
defend yourself. Uh, you got to think there are kind of uh, zombies and uh, AI. There's big robots and things that you're going to defend yourself against. And so this gives you a, a very good weapon um, that you can go through and, and actually defend yourself against various little things that are coming around. Uh, Deacon mentions that you can also cut up your clothes and make a bag from these items. Uh, and another thing you can do is certain at this point, you know, you've got a weapon to defend yourself. You can start going out and, and trying to find items in the world. Uh, and you'll be able to craft and make like they have, uh, the rags for making, um, bandages. If you start to bleed, uh, allows you to patch wounds. Uh, you can use those to now hunt animals, which allow you, I mean, you, you have the wooden spear, you actually can kill an animal, uh, and then allow you to, uh, to get food and just start that progress. So the first thing, but it starts with two stones, make a uh, stone knife, which you can then cut up your clothes and, and cut up things with, uh, and then you can make the spears and then that will allow you to be walk around and not get killed instantly while looting. Um, now this game has the whole metabolism system. Uh, don't get overwhelmed with that. That's something that for a lot of people, they they look at it and it's a really crazy screen to look at initially. Uh, but what you're mostly looking at is your calorie and water intake, uh, keeping those balanced and your digestion system. Uh, you got to remember to go to the bathroom. If you've drank too much water, eating too much food, uh, you need to vomit if you if needed because you couldn't eat so much that you've filled the contents of your stomach and then you'll need to puke. Um, but that's mostly what you're balancing out with this whole system is unlike other games where you're just like, I'm going to eat 1000 berries. Uh, this game will not let you eat 1000 berries because you will fill the content to your stomach and then you'll have to puke. What happens if you eat, uh, drink too much? You, you'll, you'll have to, you, you get a problem where you have to pee or else you'll start getting sick. What about if you drink too yeah, much alcohol? You will then puke. Yeah. Which Real world. It's very realistic game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. That's why I was asking what that experience is like. <laughs> you got to be careful with the trees, though, because you may kill a tree that in the world, <laughs> yeah. and that would be bad. bad. All right. Anyways, that is <laughs> of the week. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much for that, Brian. Mm -hmm. I found my music. So, without further ado, I'm going to try to play it yes. through this thing. Let's see what happens. Oh, can you hear that? Yep. Fantastic. All right. Let's do it. It is time for current players currently playing arc survival evolved 37,373 the 24-hour peak 54,989 the seven-day peak 69,535 that's arc survival evolved currently playing rust 48,949 the 24-hour peak 66,682 now brian i gotta go back to this article from rust did did he break the all-time high with this number of 97,000? Hold on a second here. This is this might be game-breaking Is that what he... Yeah, he was talking about that in 2019. Let oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. This could be... Uh, yes. The Rust current players in uh, was July, and it was 93,595. This is so they have well higher that. than that. So they broke that again for um, 2020. Uh, that's a record high for Rust. Uh, seven days to die. Sitting smooth up here. 15,058. The 24-hour peak, 18,761. 
and the 7AP, 27,981. And finally, to wrap it up, everyone's favorite, Miscreated. Currently playing 887, the 25R peak, 1,129, the 70P peak, 1,319. And that is current players, Brian. And those are, um, it's interesting. So that is, that is the all-time high. It's five days ago, 97,970. And that, well, that, I think rust. I think that pretty much shows you that, that Rust has a very big future ahead of it. I mean, they, now they're going to be putting out even more content this they, this year than they did last year. They have a bigger team devo- devoted to it, uh, and I think it'll be really interesting to see where they go from here. It's a Absolutely. it's a great game. People it love is. it. So so we'll have to uh, we'll have good. to play it again um, in the next couple of weeks. All right, very good. All right, are we ready for this game giveaway? Yes, sir. All right, so let's go ahead and close the uh, close the raffle here. And congratulations to oh, it's Judd. You have won a copy of. I don't have the game up in front of me right now, but we will. Uh, I will send you a copy of what is it? Clatter. Clatter. Yes. I think was the you name. You didn't even the game. know what game. Well, I closed the uh, my Steam. So. <laughs> there you go. I had to remember what it was. But clatter. Congratulations, Judd. I will send that to you in Discord. Yes. Thank you, Judd. Uh, now, for people that weren't part of the pre-show, because obviously most of our people don't watch live here, um, if you heard some weird audio issues and whatnot, um, the um, we ch- I changed all of the audio for the program. So... Bear with us over the next couple of weeks. Um, the If you notice anything weird with the audio or video version of the forum on an app that you're using, please, 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 please let me know so I can I can correct it. If you hear anything weird, if you notice anything funky, uh, send me a tweet, an email, uh, or shoot me a message on Discord just so I can correct whatever that is. So um, yep. thank you, the audience, for uh, being patient with that. And Brian, thank you for all your mm-hmm. hard work, getting everything all prepared and ready to go so that I can uh, pull my hair out a little bit less on the production of the program. Where can people find you on the internet? Well, if you want to find me at Boise Computer on Twitter, of course, my blog, biteoftech.com, and uh, make sure you go to our website. If you go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, and you notice on the right-hand side there, you can join our server on Discord. Uh, that's the place where you can submit news throughout the week. Also, if you want to join us for Game of the Week, uh, play some scum with us this weekend. That'd be a great place to do. If you want to be a part of our ARC, sessions that we've been doing a lot of people playing arc uh we have information on there for that on our discord as well uh also our steam group if you want to get a notification of the next live show that we do just join our steam group get a little pop up in your uh your lower hand corner of your screen and nothing else other than that uh also we have on there our podcast forums so whatever platform you want to listen to us on uh, we have our show notes for 260 episodes up to this point. So if you want to watch any of the videos, maybe a link to that documentary that we discussed earlier, uh, you're more than welcome to go and jump on the website to go get that link. Uh, we have on there ways that you can support us through Amazon, amazon.infectionpodcast.com. If you want to get anything through Humble Bundle, it's humble.infectionpodcast.com. And then, of course, as people have been doing through the show, you're more than welcome to subscribe to us on Twitch Prime. And uh, that's a great way to usually without costing you any money uh, support the show and help us pay for things like packs. Yes, sir. I want to thank um, a whole bunch of people 
um, who hit us up with either first-time subscriptions or resubscriptions here in the past week. Again, I want to give a huge shout-out to Evilness FPS. Uh, he was helping me do some audio testing uh, when we did a stream earlier in the week, and he gifted five uh, subs to people in the chat, including the Infection Bot. Who, uh, who, nice. who who got hit up with a uh, with the Twitch Prime uh, subscription as well as him subscribing himself? He had that great question about uh, Tarkov. Our friend Judd, our friend UGX Vibe, Saul Greatman or Goodman, depending on where you find him. Our friend Governor and Serial Killer Barbie, and uh, she says she doesn't know how she got twenty months. Well, I mean, you do it every month. That's how it works. <laughs> Time flies by when you're having fun. Yeah, or you know, other things. Um, we're drunk. Okay. Um, I mean, keep your own personal stories, Brian. You know, keep uh, your own yeah. personal experiences to yourself. <laughs> no, don't don't bring, bring those on the air. Um, th- thank you very much, Brian. Again, happy New Year to you, and happy New Year to everybody uh, on the uh, on the program. And uh, let's see, we'll see you Friday night for Scum. We'll be playing yep. that around eight ish, and then uh, we'll see you again next Tuesday. Regular schedule for the foreseeable future. No holidays coming up. Uh, for another episode of Infection. Thank you very much, Brian. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. All right. Um, well, I'll tell you this. A lot of people say I needed to make a blog. So I did. Dudeinit.com. I'll post. My goal is to post another. Between all of my intense gaming that I've been doing. Um, I'm going to try to post another article between now and next week. I've got a couple things. Uh, Dudeinit.com. You can follow that if you want to get uh, some more information about IT stuff. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. If you missed any portion of the show, if you're looking for news, videos, pictures, links, all that can be found on our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.